If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Welcome in. It is a Friday night on News Radio 600 Kogo. This is Darren and Jack. One hour radio program heard weeknights here on News Radio 600 Kogo. Good evening, everybody. Thank you for making us part of your Friday night here on this 18th day of June for 2021. I'm Darren Smith. He's Jack Cronin. Jack Cronin today, just like yesterday, and probably over the weekend as well, is spending much of his afternoon, his morning, his afternoon, a little bit of his evening now, from Torrey Pines, site of the 121st U.S. Open. Jack Cronin, a pleasant evening. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great, buddy. It's a great assignment. Uh, it's great to be out here. No weather delays today. Got a girl going early, early, bright and early this morning. 36 golfers had to finish their first round and went right into the second round, which has continued here all evening long and uh, an awesome experience for round number two. I was watching it on television all day today. I would tell you this, as I'm reading story after story and hearing updates here on News Radio 600 Kogo about other places in San Diego County that are melting, that are setting all sorts of uh, record highs for heat into the 120s. It looks downright cold to Torrey Pines. I see some of these golfers, they're wearing sweaters and long sleeve shirts, Jack. What's going on out there? Mid-60s here today for much of the day. Mid-60s. In fact, we, you know, after we got off the air last night, the marine layer really moved in early last night, which is why they suspended play just before 8 o'clock. And it got cold here last night. It was the same this morning. So, you know, we've got the, the stark difference between the uh, the cold temperatures along the water and then the inland temperatures where we're in the excessive heat warnings and we got the flex alert that runs till 9 o'clock tonight. So it's a huge, huge difference. Um, but it, it really gets nice when you're in the sun. Uh, and you're kind of out there in the afternoon. It gets nice and warm. It's good play. I'm sure. I'm sure there are some people who are watching around San Diego County because this is a local event happening there in La Jolla that are having a much different weather experience where it is that they live compared to what it is yeah, that they're watching on television, which really, right. relatively speaking, isn't all that far away. Yeah, no, I mean, you could be a couple miles inland. It could be a completely different experience. <laughs> you know, the temperature just ramps up. So, yeah, I mean, that's what we're dealing with here, which is why it's creating some of the issues that we're, we're seeing I, as well. I'll tell you, Jack, I don't know how much of this, when you're there sometimes, you, you, you obviously want to go out, you want to experience it for yourself, you want to go walk the golf course as best you can. You've been providing updates on Extra 1360 and on News Radio 600 Kogo. For both days, for the first two days of this tournament, Jack has been out there providing updates. And I don't know how much of this you've been able to consume on television, but strictly speaking, as a television consumer, this this must make our guest coming up in our next segment very happy. She's Julie Coker. She is the CEO of the San Diego Tourism Authority. The way this is being displayed on television, with some really creative photography, including drone shots, yeah. Viewpoints that you've never seen from any Farmers Insurance Open, from any Buick Open, from any San Diego Invitational, not from the U.S. Open back in 2008. The way this is being presented on television is just jaw-dropping. 
Uh, it's awesome. And I have actually seen those drones kind of hovering. Uh, you know, they're probably only five, six feet off the ground at times for some of the course shots. And then I, I imagine the ones you're referring to are especially there along number four, which is the hole that borders the Pacific and then drops off the cliff there uh, into the ocean. And using the drone, it's like a, it's like an, uh, a more inventive or new age technology of the old blimp shots, which are still in effect here. I mean, still very powerful things, but it's the contrast between the water in the Pacific and then the, the, the Torrey Pines themselves, the trees that ring the course and the brush, and then getting up into the golf course. Uh, the contrast is so wonderful to see, and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing, and it really pops on TV. Oh, I love it. I mean, can't thank them enough for the way that they are presenting this golf course, and Having spoken and speaking from experience, having not grown up here, I can tell you this is going to be one of those images. This, this is going to be one of those tournaments that people are going to look and they're going to say, that's where I would like to be. That's where I'm going to go. That's where I want to go play golf. This is, this is, this is the allure of how it's being presented on television, which is just spectacular. We'll talk to Julie Coker about that coming up in our next segment here, Jack. And, and what a... I mean, what an amazing 24, 36 hours in San Diego. I, oh, I know for many listening to this show, sometimes we do default right back to sports. But given what's happening out there, seeing more people in attendance than we were led to believe, seeing what was going on in downtown San Diego last night, a gathering of 40,000 plus people at a Padre game. Man, like what an, uh, an emotionally satisfying 36 hours this has been. Right. The, the metaphors and the storylines just kind of write themselves. But it has been an emotional return out of the pandemic for last night to have the Padres get a walk-off win in front of 40,000 people, a sellout crowd at Petco Park, where just two days ago you weren't allowed to have more than a certain percentage of capacity. And in the last year and a half, and for the Padres, it's been more like two years since they've had a crowd like that because of the pandemic to be locked down, to be held inside, to be protective of others and then to go out and have 40,000 people witness a walk-off win there to have a national spotlight like the U.S. Open. This is it's sports giving us a window into people's worlds where we are coming back. I said this earlier, and I mean it, and you know, it's, it's just it's, it's me and, and the way I view sports. I think fans are such an essential part of the experience. It's not an event if you don't have fans. Now, you did the best you could last summer. It's not the Padres' fault that Major yeah. League Baseball said you we couldn't carry on with without fans. And the state of California said the same thing. And this was, this was a recent thing, and we were one of the last states to open here with no restrictions. So there's always that element of it. But for me, Jack, it's, it's a regular season game held on a Thursday night on June 17th. And the Padres were very, very smart to rebrand this as San Diego's opening day, given that we all were just given the green light Tuesday of this week. And I will take what I saw last night over everything that I saw in 2020. Every single one of them. That, that was an event last night that I wouldn't trade for the most exciting moment of 2020 if it happened when there were no fans in attendance. That's, like, that's how powerful that felt, just watching these people enjoy their team and, and you know show their civic pride there manifested through a baseball game I, I just I wouldn't trade it for any of the stuff that we saw last year and that was some pretty good stuff but I I wouldn't have traded that last night for any of it 
Absolutely right. I mean that that is that's why we go to play sports and to, you know they, without those kinds of fan interactions. First of all, you don't get the atmosphere, the enjoyment of it. But what's the purpose then? It's to drive that kind of support, and that is the reason it goes out there. And it's a it's a wonderful look at how we're coming back. And I agree completely. It's it knocks everything out from the last year and a half. Yes, it does. And and you know I can't even imagine too how many people who might be listening currently. I wonder how many people, you know, maybe did a double hip, right, where they were where you were yesterday and Padre game, and then yeah. maybe right now, you know, maybe they're maybe they're hustling their way into downtown San Diego because they were watching as much as they could at Torrey Pines and they saw what was going on at Petco Park. Padres just underway here from downtown. It's like you just wonder, like, like it's almost we've gone from 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 nothing to a little bit of overload. <laughs> To just think about the all the options here, and two, and and you know, we something we discussed earlier. When's the last time forty thousand people in San Diego did anything collectively? Like, when's the last time there was any gathering of forty thousand people here in San Diego before last night? Right. I mean, we the stay-at-home orders went into effect March nineteenth of last year, but a week before that, on March twelfth of last year, the county put in a gathering limits of something like two hundred and fifty. So we had not had forty thousand people together in years, multiple. I mean, it's been that long since we have that many people in one spot gathered together, a large convention, a sporting event, uh, something like that. To have that many people together, it has been a very long time. And oh, by the way, when we did it and when we got it back, it was a walk-off win in downtown San Diego with a fireworks show to follow. I also, too, would tell you that, you know, a lot of the images, you know, let's talk a little bit about some of the protests that we saw last summer. And you and I would spend time talking about this. One of the things that would really stand out to you is you would see these thousands of people in the streets of San Diego or anywhere. And and not 100%, but so many of them had masks on. And then you're looking again last night, and I'm looking really, really closely since the mask mandate has been lifted here. And I'm just looking and saying, like, it's, it's it, you know, you'll see a random person here or there who's wearing a mask. And good, you know, if somebody's unvaccinated or still feels more comfortable doing that. But that's the other part about it, too, right, is, is you know, to look at all these people out there and to see, you know, that they're out there just, you know, au natural, that they're out there just uh, enjoying themselves in that capacity. <laughs> Not just because you can put 40,000 people in, but, but you can let pe- people, you know, go and operate here without masks. I thought also was... At least noteworthy for me from where I sat from when I was watching here last night. But we'll spend some time on that coming up a little later. When we return, we got a couple of guests tonight. Julie Coker's going to join us. She's the CEO from the San Diego Tourism Authority. That's coming up next. Darren and Jack. It's News Radio 600 Kogo. All right, welcome back. It's Darren and Jack. It's News Radio 600 Kogo. The George Chamberlain Community Leadership Award was created to honor Kogo's late business editor who spent many hours working in this community. It celebrates the efforts of local heroes making a difference. You can sit, submit a nomination at kogo.com. Keyword Chamberlain. It's brought to you by SDCCU. It's not big banking. It's better. Darren and Jack with you. I'm from the iHeart Studios. Darren Smith, Jack Cronin. From Tory Pines, let's say hello to the CEO of the San Diego Tourism Authority, Julie Coker. Kind enough for a couple of minutes tonight on News Radio 600 Kogo. Julie, Darren, and Jack, thank you very much. Good to be with you. Well, we appreciate it. Thank you very much here on a Friday night. Uh, tell us, you know, this has been an important week here in San Diego, obviously. California reopening as it did on Tuesday. What, what does that mean for you and the Tourism Authority? Absolutely. I mean, it has, as we all know, have just really been a devastating 15 months for tourism. The jobs that were lost, close to 70,000 people during the peak that were that were out of work, um, certainly 20 years of tourism gain that we lost. 
11.2 billion in visitor spend in 2019, and we finished 2020 with 5.2 billion. So, just the the announcement on the 15th really means so much to us because it really does open us up, not only for leisure business, but also for meetings, conventions, and hopefully down the road to international. Which we really need all three legs of that stool to really be operating for us to have a recovery. Um, but certainly we know the beauty of, of California and certainly San Diego. And so now that we can uh, openly welcome visitors and meetings and conventions back to the destination, it was just really a big day for us, especially with uh, Tory Pines and the U.S. opening happening uh, right now as we speak. So this is all great stuff happening. Well, and Julie, let's tell everybody what the, having the U.S. Open here means to us. I mean, obviously, we don't have the attendance that we had 13 years ago for it when it was here the first time. But just getting this back and the TV viewership, the advertisements for San Diego, what does the U.S. Open mean to you on the tourism side? You know, the, the first thing I would say is, is, is really kind of personal. I think that the fact any, I think any of us that are sports fans, we know the common denominator, and that's really just bringing people together. And that's what an event like the U.S. Open does just, you know, from a personal standpoint, just just to have players out there competing and now to be able to have fans is great. But from a business standpoint, the, the beautiful shots of San Diego and the beautiful shots that will be seen across not only the U.S., but the world of San Diego is always something that we could never buy from a media exposure standpoint. Uh, that will live in the hearts and minds of many viewers um, well beyond the U.S. Open. So that's the first thing, just, just the fact of, of seeing uh, fans out at, at Torrey Pines and the fact that it speaks to itself that California is reopened is certainly going to be great. And, and just reminding uh, viewers how beautiful San Diego and certainly California in general is. The other thing, too, is that it really does inspire those travelers that are not quite sure yet that they're ready to take, you know, leisure visits or even business trips right now, I think seeing something like the U.S. Open will certainly inspire them and, and get them more motivated to, to look for trips. But we know that leisure visitation is really heating up. We see the airport is, is busier than ever. Uh, and, and certainly all of that points into the right direction. So the visitor spend is extremely important. Having out-of-town visitors come to the U.S. Open and stay in our hotels, eat in our restaurants, patronize our retail shops certainly does uh, help, and it also will put San Diegans back to work. Love that. Julie Coker joining us tonight on News Radio 600 Kogo. She's the CEO from the San Diego Tourism Authority. And when you talk about the airport picking up a little bit and, you know, some of the stuff that we're starting to see around town, Julie, how much of that is it happens organically? This is San Diego. It's always going to be a popular destination. How much of that is on behalf of the San Diego Tourism Authority? How much of that is the state of California and whatever it is that they might be doing to advertise the state as a whole? I think all three of those roles um, certainly have their responsibility, and obviously we, we can't deny the beauty, the natural beauty of San Diego. However, it's very competitive right now. So to, to be able to market and communicate San Diego and, and the great attractions that we have, you know, and the outdoor um, spaces that we have, and certainly the great restaurants and, and hotel community that we have also helped, and then to be able to layer on top of that um, the $95 million investment that Governor Newsom made into tourism and will be um, executed through Visit California is extremely important because we do need to communicate, one, 
to the country and across the country that California has reopened and that were reopened safely. But then also, too, we have to remind them how beautiful San Diego and how beautiful uh, California is and how we have everything from outdoor attractions to great restaurants to the hotel products because it's very competitive right now. Every every destination, every city is reaching out to uh, visitors trying to get them to come to their destination, and we can't take that for granted. And you were disappointed at the statewide commission looking at those very things, making sure that California coming back, San Diego coming back, trying to make sure that those dollars are, are spent here. Absolutely. I mean, we, we saw that we were one of the last states, really, to reopen for meetings. And so while we weren't able to hold meetings here, folks were flocking to California, Texas, Indianapolis. Uh, and so we, we were behind the eight ball. And so now is not the time to let off the gas of, of marketing and communicating the beauty of San Diego and California as a whole. Julie, in, in terms of leisure travel, you know, that that's certainly to your point. You know, I think a lot of people are familiar with the beaches, the great restaurants, et cetera. How about uh, where we are just in terms of, of business travel? Uh, the convention center, you know, slowly but surely, we, we hear more and more about, you know, future opportunities. But in terms of, of the business aspect of making San Diego appealing to people around the world, how, how are we doing on that front? Yeah, so meet, uh, the first citywide convention at the convention center will be the first week of August. And certainly not too soon, right, for any of us. Mm -hmm. um, but they've done just an amazing job on a humanitarian effort from the homeless shelter to the youth, uh, the emergency intake center that they're managing right now. Um, but we're really excited to have close to 25 events between August and December at the convention center. But also, too, our hotels are welcoming back um, larger size meetings. So as of the 15th of June, we can hold a meeting in San Diego under 5,000 people without asking for a vaccination record or testing. And so that's really big for us. So we're excited to have that back. And then as of October 1st, all of those restrictions go away as well. In terms of the business travel, and I think we're hearing this apart across the country, businesses are slowly bringing their staffing levels back into the office. And, and that's really what we all need to advocate for is one, certainly get vaccinated, but two, for our, our, our business community, not just here in San Diego, but across the country, to get folks back into the office as safely as they can. And then also to reinstate those business travel budgets. That's gonna be extremely important that for-profit companies are allowing their employees to travel again. Once that starts happening, then I think we'll see more of the business traveler uh, coming back to San Diego and really any, all parts of, of the state and the country. And Julie, last thing for me, and I only have about 60 seconds here, so I'm a, I apologize because this is a, a multi-layered question. But how much do you pay attention to the idea of things like, like you know, vaccination, proof of vaccination, passports, for lack of a better phrase? Um, you know, Gavin Newsom has not exactly ruled that out here in the state of California, but, but how much are you monitoring that situation here? My, my short answer is we are reopening, and we are all reopening safely, and I just don't know that we need any barriers to anyone traveling. So... If, if it's going to be more difficult for folks to download uh, a health passport or put their information into a particular app that they might feel uncomfortable with, then I don't think that we need it. I, I really don't. I, I think we continue to push vaccinations across the country, 
and we continue to push travelers to be responsible when traveling. But, but I really think that we need to lean into the science. And right now the science is saying if you're fully vaccinated, then you don't need to wear a mask and you can go ahead and travel. And that's what we should be encouraging. Great answer. Julie Coker, we thank you so very much for joining us here on this Friday night. Thank you. All the best. Uh, and certainly we're thrilled to hear that, that things are on the upswing here in San Diego County. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. That is Julie Coker. She is the CEO of the San Diego Tourism Authority. Jack, we will take a quick time out. A lot there that we can we can get to and talk about and discuss here on a regional level and statewide level, et cetera. So thank you very much. Great stuff there with Julie. We'll take a time out. We'll be back. Darren and Jack, it's News Radio 600 Kogo. Welcome back. Darren and Jack with you on a Friday night on the 18th of June for 2021. Good evening, everybody. He's Jack Cronin. He's at Tory Pines. I'm Darren Smith. I am from the iHeart Studios. We are with you till 8 o'clock. Thanks again to Julie Coker, the CEO of the San Diego Tourism Authority. Coming up in our next segment, we're going to be speaking with somebody who founded a uh, veterans group called the Veterans Beer Club. It's a Friday. Many of you probably thirsty, probably heading home, thinking about a delicious cold beer. Well, Phil Kendall will join us coming up in our next segment. He's the co-founder of the Veterans Beer Club. We'll get some details from him on what that is as they are celebrating their five-year anniversary tomorrow. You can check out the iHeart Pet of the Week at your Rancho Coastal Humane Society. Go to Kogo.com. Keyword Pet, sponsored by Nick Adamo's Farmers Insurance Agency, offering a full line of insurance products, including pet insurance. Darren and Jack with you till 8 o'clock. So again, uh, guest coming up. Multi-guest program tonight on Darren and Jack. Uh, interesting interesting from Julie Coker. Uh, I loved it from the start of the conversation, Jack, to, to what Tory Pines represents, to some of the ideas of reopening in the state and how competitive it is. That's a, a good glimpse into, into what life is like here post-pandemic San Diego tourism. Oh, yeah. She had a lot going on. That was really, and remember, she just got appointed to a statewide uh, tourism uh, unit as well. So this is San Diego is going to be represented front and center there. And uh, I like that she said October 1st for those larger uh, indoor events. I had not heard an exact date. I had only heard October. I didn't know if that meant uh, November 1st or October 1st. So that seems to be the sunset date on the large indoor gatherings over 5,000 people needing the verifications of negative tests or vaccination proof. That means October 1st, not that far away. Uh, more evidence as to why Comic-Con has been moved to Thanksgiving week rather than the middle of July where it usually is. So that means, Darren, one of the last things that California has in place pandemic-wise will sunset on October 1st, and that's those large indoor gathering restrictions. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a big part of it, too, because that impacts, I mean, you know, I mean, why stop re referencing sports at this, this stage of the show? Right. But, you know, that impacts basketball, um, you yes. know, that would impact yes. a basketball game anywhere in the state of California, not just here in San Diego, where you have, you know, upwards of, what, five, 6,000 people at the Jenny Craig Pavilion at USD. You have 12,414 on campus at San Diego State, just to, to mention a couple of venues here locally but some of the larger venues places in la staples center chase center up in oakland etc and also more importantly jack to our conversation that means you know also what's going to happen in the convention space and and you know we haven't yep. had a lot of detail about what comic-con is going to look like when comic-con uh a postponed comic-con uh is all planned out so i'm i'm sure that that is something that everybody is monitoring currently yeah, so again, to hear it be October 1st rather than October 31st is a good sign. 
And we don't, and maybe you'll, I had heard the fall or October or kind of, there wasn't exactly dates, but she'll know. And if it's October 1st, then we're three and a half months out from that. And that is great news. Uh, it's well before basketball season gets underway, either pro or college. Um, conventions can start returning. I know we've got some on the books that are really large ones, 40,000 plus ones, obviously Comic-Con in November. So those that's very welcome news that even as the reopening week is right now, a lot of it's been focused outdoors, and that is the indoor uh, update which is great. It is, and, and you know, we were sent a clip here uh, from uh, Gavin Newsom interview with the New York Times, and he was asked what kind of investment he is putting into travel right now across the state. And Gavin Newsom said, uh, we have just put in close to $100 million on advertising programs. I'm telling you, man, Sacramento's just printing money. It's amazing. No, the state put in $95 million to highlight in-state va uh, vacations and opportunities. We recognize international yep. tourism is going to recover more slowly. Domestic tourism is roaring back. There was that phrase again. So we really want a more aggressive capture on tourism and not seeded all the Florida. That's Gavin Newsom speaking to the New York Times. Interesting. Right. And, uh, and Julie referenced that same $95 million number. So that's the state saying, okay, let's do it here. Let's compete for that against Vegas and uh, Florida and everywhere else. Let's compete because people may have forgotten about us over the last year and a half. Uh, how about that line, too? And not seeded all the Florida. Isn't that an <laughs> interesting right. line? Uh, he was also asked about the homeless crisis in California, you know, at yeah. being at a tipping point and wondering, you know, the question, uh, a pointed question was asked if, if investing this much in tourism whether or not we should be thinking about people who you hear are out on the streets and and he says yeah absolutely it's it's unequivocal we've announced unprecedented 12 billion dollar tenfold increase in our uh addressing of homelessness this year tackling street homelessness etc an interesting question you know one i must admit i hadn't thought about about whether you should be investing 95 million dollars in advertising campaign for a state that might be advertising itself when you're dealing with the kind of crisis that you're dealing with here in the state of California. I don't know what you did there or, or didn't think of that answer, but, but Gavin Newsom didn't seem to think that that was any sort of conflict whatsoever. No, because he's putting a ton of money into that as well. Not to say that it's going to be successful or not. It's just that that's where the funding is going to go. It's a valid question. And keep in mind, too, that while there is a humanitarian response to homelessness, there's also an economic one. Um, and so helping everybody and getting people into the services that they need is also good for cleaning up uh, an area of a particular city, San Diego or otherwise, across California. Julie Coker is a uh, very skilled speaker, public speaker, too, because you know, I don't want to suggest that this was in any way, shape, or form a leading question, but you know, the subject of, of having some sort of documentation to prove that you've been vaccinated is a subject that hasn't gone away. Some states have outlawed it entirely. Other states have embraced it. I think New York State has over a million people signed up to some program where you have and can carry with you digital proof of vaccination. Gavin Newsom hasn't ruled that out in the state. I thought Julie Coker was very skilled in how she answered that question, giving her opinion without coming right out and saying she doesn't believe that we would require such things, that we should follow the science and follow the advice of the CDC, and we shouldn't get in our own way when we're trying to rebuild our tourism economy. I thought that was very astute, very well said. I agree completely. And uh, the state of California just today started trying to roll out their digital version of the vaccine verifications. But I agree that we, we after what we have been through the last year and a half, there are we cannot put anything else in our way to trying to come back to this. As long as the numbers are being followed, and she's right, they are, then we're good to go. Yep. All right. Really good. I'm glad that we were uh, we were able to to speak with Julie Coker tonight. I find that to be. 
you know, whether you, you are directly working in the tourism sector or not, we all understand what this means for us. You know, I suppose uh, with a couple of more minutes, you know, we could have asked a little bit about hiring. We could have talked a little bit about why it's so difficult for some of these businesses seemingly to, to, to restaff themselves. You know, that continues to be a story here in San Diego and the state of California, of course, Jack. Yeah, I mean, the uh, it's coming back here. Uh, yeah. They're going to reinstate the job searching requirement next month. The federal benefits will go for only so long. We, you know, get people will get back to work. Jobs are being added. We had another great jobs report that came out here today on a Friday. So the the numbers are pointing in the right direction. Tell you, Jack, real quick here, and just uh, you know, a couple of minutes we have again coming up next segment. We're going to be talking about just uh, you know a a, a a great thing happening tomorrow. Uh, Phil Kendo is going to join us, co-founder of the Veterans Beer Club. Uh, we'll let him explain what that is. It's sort of self-explanatory. But I had an opportunity today. Uh, John David Wicker, who's the athletic director at San Diego State, he's been a guest on this show and other shows on the station many times over again. I had a chance this morning at 9 a.m. this morning, Jack, to go visit something called the Aztec Stadium Experience Center. Are you aware of the existence of the Aztec Stadium Experience Center? I am not. Tell me. Uh, okay, so it's in a building. It's in an office building. Somewhere down there off Friars Road by Costco, about a half a mile or so away from the stadium. And I'm sure oh, it's yeah. been built so that they can attract some corporate partners and sell some suites mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. season tickets. But they have essentially you know, taken a, an enormous office space with several thousand square feet. And they've got video presentations and to scale models of the stadium, what it's going to look like in different suites. I, I, I know that they're building a stadium there in Mission Valley. I drive past it every single day. You're a Mission Valley resident, and they are moving it at, at like light speed here with this. But I will tell you, wow, what an impressive presentation it was, Jack. And as you, a member of the media, like you should try to figure out a way to go and experience this Aztec Stadium Experience Center. It got me so excited for what this stadium's going to look like in Mission Valley. The amount of detail going into it is just, it's remarkable. Cannot wait to see what that looks like in September of 2022. Well, that's very cool. That's, that's, a, that's a great experience, and here's why it's so important. What did we talk about yesterday? We talked about another delay in the sports arena site where the, the narrative is always, well, can't get anything done, right? In San Diego, oh, big project, San Diego special, especially on the sports side, can't get anything. If you drive through Mission Valley, that stadium is flying up. It is so impressive, the timeline that the universities put together there. They are on track. Uh, is that it's it's proving everything wrong that we used to say about San Diego specials and things that can and can't get done in the city. So that is great, great news. Yeah, it was really, really impressive. Again, it's impressive as they've just started now construction on the third deck, west side of the stadium. But just to see the different tiers that they have, to see the different entertainment that they're going to have, not just on the inside of the stadium, which is what's most important, but some of the ideas that they have to make it a relevant place on the exterior of the stadium walls itself from food options to big bay windows to uh, food trucks to breweries etc and how this is all going to integrate with the retail and the residential somewhere down the road which is still going to be 10-15 years build out but man and and some of the unique uniquely san diego features that it will have you know the the uh some of the peers like they're actually gonna have peers like ob pier and pb and oceanside they're gonna have like peers built where fans can stand and watch sporting events and football and soccer and concerts and and you know 
dirt races and all that sort of stuff. Wow, really, really impressive stuff. So again, uh, I don't. And this isn't a, a publicly accessible thing, but if you go to the Aztec Stadium website, I think you can get more information about this. All right, when we come back, Jack, we will wrap up our week doing what we often do: talking about beer. That's next on News Radio 600 Kogo. All right, welcome back, Darren and Jack. Final segment for our night. One of the things we love doing on Fridays, we love talking a little bit about beer. I mean, who doesn't who doesn't associate Fridays and beer? All that good stuff as well. Let's say hello to Phil Kendo. He's the co-founder of the Veterans Beer Club. They're getting set to host an anniversary party. Their fifth anniversary. It's going to be at Veteran at uh, Second Chance Beer Company in Carmel Mountain tomorrow night between five and nine o'clock. Always our pleasure to talk a little bit of local craft beer here on Darren and Jack. Phil, I'm Darren Smith. He's Jack Cronin. Thank you very much. Hey, good evening. Great to talk with you all. Absolutely. The co-founder of Veterans Beer Club. Before we talk about your five-year anniversary, I know a lot of people maybe relocated here. People always trying to learn more information. Let's talk a little bit the backstory, the history of Veterans Beer, uh, of the Veterans Beer Club. Yeah, so uh, my uh, co-founders, Brian Grana and Kevin Cortez and I, are all transitioned uh, Marine veterans. And what happened is when we were transitioning out of the Marine Corps, we were finding that we are we're both blessed and cursed here in San Diego that we're blessed that we've got so many awesome organizations supporting veterans. We're also cursed because a lot of veterans don't know where to go to. And so back in the 2016 time frame in April, we met together downtown. We said, hey, what can we do to help out other transitioning veterans? Because Kevin and I struggled a little bit coming out. And we said, hey, let's get a, a very no-frills, grassroots organization together and saying we'll kind of do the crawl, walk, run thing of getting some veterans together, talk about different organizations. And we came up with three tiers. We basically said one thing is we're trying to do is help you transition out of your services. Second is it's translating military service to community service. And another thing is the third part is when people are transitioning into different organizations, a lot of times there's not the same camaraderie. And so we also want to fulfill that too. And so it's been very successful. Uh, we have over 3,000 members uh, across the nation now. We've got 13 chapters uh, across the United States. And I've started it all here in San Diego in uh, 2016. And what better way, at least in, uh, in our minds here in San Diego, uh, to combine things that, that we really support. And we have you know, great uh, infrastructures for the military and the craft beer industry uh, to use those things to come together to help people who are transitioning uh, to everyday life. And it's using that kind of San Diego identity, Phil, to hopefully help people in the future. You know, in, in pre-COVID, we had about 140 uh, microbreweries here in San Diego. And it was a way for us to have a very easy environment for people that have never networked. These military service members have never done networking before. And so it was an easy way for them to come together, have a beer, also support some local organizations, great organizations like Second Chance Beer Company here in Carmel Mountain. Uh, Marty in Virginia, you know, they've supported our veteran organization, but they've also been a big supporter of all the communities around San Diego, uh, this area, veteran organizations, elected officials. And so it's been really good synergy to bond with these folks and just do the right thing and help out those transitioning service members, whether it's their first or their 15th time transitioning. Well, Phil, when you start the uh, the VBC, the Veterans Beer Club, I, I wonder, I don't know what your expectation was. You know, you just told us you have 3,000 members. It's spread out now all across the United States. You know, it sounds like, like really a cool, fun thing to do, especially for veterans to get together amongst fellow veterans, et cetera. But, but when it started to where we are now, you guys celebrating your five-year anniversary tomorrow at Second Chance, 3,000 memories uh, members, excuse me, like, what were your expectations when you first got the ball rolling on this? Um, was to help folks. That's all our expectations <laughs> were, is how can we help others? And so um, all of us, including the BBC leadership team, 
We've got a great diverse team that's on there, and everything has just been about taking what we've had in the past and making sure that knowledge is supporting other people so they can do great things in the future. So the expectations were, hey, what can I do to help out others? And that's all it is that we're doing, and it's been very successful. Well, how do people get involved uh, this weekend, tomorrow? What's the rundown there? And then in the future, you know, trying to help uh, those who are getting out of the service. So how do people get involved? So we've got both a uh, Facebook page as well as a LinkedIn page, and all we have to do is search Veterans Beer Club, and it'll come up very easily. There's a Veterans Beer Club San Diego, Orlando, Austin, wherever they're at. And they search that. Tomorrow we're going to be here at Second Chance Beer Company from 5 to about 9 p.m. Um, we're very lucky that we have a lot of elected officials as well as our staffers and business leaders that have been supporting our organization. So it's a great opportunity to come out and meet and greet some of those folks, introduce yourself and find out, hey, I've got, I need a job, or hey, guess what? I need some veterans to fulfill different positions. And we even do announcements there. Hey, who just got a job recently? Um, who needs a job? Who's offering jobs? And we match those people together, and it just comes out really great. You can find us on Veterans Beer Club uh, website as well. Uh, again, Facebook or LinkedIn. And, uh, again, it just come out. It's a free event, which is really nice. You pay for your own beverage and food, and you just get to meet and greet with some really good people. Well, cheers to you guys. Five years, man. That sounds like it's going to be a heck of, a, of an event tomorrow. Uh, you know, in addition to all the things that you do regularly and routinely here, also just to, to be able to celebrate all that you've accomplished over the last five years sounds like it will just be uh, an incredible moment for you as one of the co-founders. Uh, again, it, it's grassroots. It's veterans helping veterans. Uh, we just uh, we just basically started it up and let other people run with it, and we're just very happy to be here today. Congratulations. Phil Kendo, he's the co-founder of the Veterans Beer Club. Again, tomorrow, five-year anniversary, Second Chance Beer Company in Carmel Mountain. We thank you so much, Phil. Have an excellent weekend, and congratulations, five years on doing such amazing work. We thank you. Thanks for trying, gentlemen. You have a great evening. You got it. How about that, Jack? Phil Kendo here, who is oh, the co-founder yeah. of the Veterans Beer Club. What a, what a great group here. I hope... If just one person listening goes, you know, that's something I want to be a part of, well, tomorrow, Second Chance Beer Company. If you can't make it, go find them on LinkedIn. Go find them on their Facebook page. And maybe, yeah, if somebody's out there hiring, too, right? Like, if somebody's out there uh, looking to hire, uh, looking to hire hardworking, awesome people who have served our country, that's very cool as well. Absolutely right. All right, uh, Jack, we'll see you tomorrow night out at Torero Stadium, uh, San Diego Loyal, hosting Phoenix Rising, 730. That's right. But we're expecting another capacity crowd, so that should be a ton of fun. Looking forward to that. Always great when I get a chance to see Jack in person, like we will tomorrow. Have an excellent weekend. Enjoy the U.S. Open. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Happy Father's Day on, on Sunday. Uh, spending it with uh, with dad or granddad or maybe you're the dad and you get a chance to go out and do something away from everybody else. I don't know. Whatever your deal is, I hope you all have a good one. We'll be back at it Monday right here on News Radio 600 Kogo.